record. It's fine. You want to, you want to, she's a nightmare dressed like a daydream. And then that year for Halloween, she was a nightmare dressed as a pegacorn. All right. I feel like we should have saved that for our tangent or we could just tell people hello. Hello. Hello and welcome back. (laughs) We're here with Rich and Caitlin again on Cocktails, Tangents and Answers. Uh, we were we just skipped ahead t- to the tangent, which we is did. We Taylor just jumped Swift. right into it. Uh, we were My talking about nightmares love. and daydreams. And so, of course, T-Swift came up because Caitlin is obsessed. Mildly. So we had a, what is it, dressed like a nightmare? A no, nightmare dressed as a daydream. A nightmare dressed Darling, as a daydream. I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream. There we go. That is the... Uh, uh, and I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to find the... It's um, blank space. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard I, that. Now I just hear like the opening backbeat. I know. <laughs> and we we would put that music on here, but we don't have the license for it. We can't afford just, that. It's license. not going to happen. Producer Zach is just shaking his head like no. no. And I will not open the checkbook for, for that you. one. Would do like a uh, that point. might actually violate it as well. I think really? that we're not allowed to do a cover. Well, maybe I don't know. Would that just be a cover? I think it's and like art- okay? there's something about like artistic license with maybe. covers because like co- I mean covers are all over YouTube. People cover. Yeah. And I don't think that they pay to license those. I think that no. it is allowed because it's like little sweet indie teenagers who have no money and like a. All right. Well, if you're a YouTube cover artist, let us <laughs> know how clarify? that works. And if you would like to sing "Blank Space" by T Swift, I offered to, to sing it. On. Oh, that's no right. No one did would enjoy it. it. But well, I don't know. We don't really sing on our podcast. Everyone's know we sing no. at the breaks, but um, usually it's just stupid stuff. Yeah. All right. So uh, this episode, <laughs> we should probably talk about what it is, and then we'll get into a cocktail since we've just tangented all over the place. Um, we're good at it. It's what you yeah, came so j- for. <laughs> it is. I hope that's what people are coming for. Um, so this one is another kind of light episode. Uh, we've got Jessica with us, um, our uh, account director chief and chief operating officer. officer, who is in charge of keeping everything moving and running uh, with the biz for our clients. And, uh, and also doing- a little bit you. She's like the, She's like the best opposite for you. Cause like where you are like big picture, like let's do all these cool, fun things and spend this money. And then just cause like, <laughs> Hey, um, PS, <laughs> we have to make the money before we spend the money. And, uh, the two of oh, you together are really one. funny. I think you she's do. pretty good at it. She's like, she's like, I, so that one big thing is 43 little things and we have capacity for two of them. Uh-huh. So which two do you want to start with? Um, that's uh, definitely a part of her role. Um, and so we'll have to see if, like, one of the things she loves is keeping me in check. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's on her list. She I think also she's got... loves, hates, she hates confrontation. So, no, keeping you in check is not one of the things she loves to that do. That is true. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like being confrontational with the boss. I know it's hard or with Mm -hmm. the owner of a company, but at the same time, like, you know, I welcome it. Like I will get a little snippy occasionally, Mm -hmm. but like you can basically just come at me with facts. It's like you'll get snippy, but then you'll come back and be like, you are right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) 
And I don't take it personally and I don't do personal attacks. I really mm-hmm. tried very no. hard in my career not to attack people, but it's really <laughs> just like, okay, you're challenging me and now you're going to make me think about it. And I'm kind mm-hmm. of irritated that you're making me think about mm-hmm. it, but okay, let's do this and let's have this and yeah. go through it. Sometimes um, when you have tasks in front of me or like they're the same as mine, I'll just put time in for you and close them because I know that you're not going to I don't do think that's it. solving the problem though. It's like, not, enabling. but it is getting you're totally closer enabling. to what I need to do. So You're right. It gets it checked off. <laughs> um, I do not think that timesheets are going to be on Jessica's list of things she loves. No, that doesn't sound not. like one. I don't know any agency people who are like, yes, my You know what sheet. I love doing is making a record of everything that I've done in the last four weeks. I have I to say very quickly, because this deserves celebration, my timesheet is up to date. Today is the 24th day of the month and mine is complete through yesterday because today's not over yet fantastic have you would like a gold star i'll give you a gold star i'll absolutely (laughs) find a gold star and stick it on your desk thank Um, you did you see i turned on daily reminders like if you don't i did see that for the day you get an email bothers me about the daily reminder is like i wish it could be one of our faces but it's just this like amorphous office man with his arms crossed and i'm like don't cross your arms at me my timesheet is up to date leave me alone sir i did that mostly for me um it's also there's (laughs) an end of the week one Um, but everybody else has to suffer along with me i mean if you've got everything in then you wouldn't have to just ignore it um, Even if but it goes out. I think there's one that goes out at the end of the week too. If you don't mm-hmm. have enough hours for the week, and that you yep. get that. So I look forward to that one on Friday. I'm sure I'll have it in my inbox. <laughs> just that. Can we give him like a? He needs a name. Like his his name. Oh is, yeah, we could name him. That'd be yeah. fine. So I mean, I don't remember. Like, what do you do? You have any guesses at what Jessica loves? What she's going to talk about in this episode? She she's a helper. She loves helping. What about, okay, so there is one thing, uh, segue alert, segue alert, <laughs> that you've helped her love. There's a specific liquor that you have turned oh, her yeah. on to. Yeah, I forced her to like gin. <laughs> yes, you did. And you've also, um, I kind of discovered gin before you forced me to like it because it was like during like pandemic, we found all of the Nothing wonderful flavored gins. Yeah. Right. So you got to make up cocktails. Um, so... Yeah, so, but you've reinforced my love of gin. And then anytime I'm like, oh, you could do that with vodka, you're like, no. But why gin would is you? Better. Vodka's trash. Sorry. I mean, vodka <laughs> is technically tasteless and odorless, so it doesn't really add anything but alcohol to it's what you di- put in yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like there is a Ron Swanson quote that I love, wherein he says that clear liquor is for rich women on diets. And he is just like full of disdain for anything that's not scotch or whiskey. Well, how about I so like I I agree fifty percent because gin is almost always clear, but yeah, yeah. But some of them aren't now. I mean, there's like the the purple gins and the dark gins and the the orange gins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is a black one. Um, Mm -hmm. So what about this? What about this with vodka? Is this acceptable if you make it not clear by turning it into limoncello? But I don't. Can you define, yeah, start yeah, there. I mean, you can use, typically, I mean, if you're in Italy, they're using grain alcohol. They're using like Everclear. Like it is potent stuff. But essentially, so I have friends who just did this um, in San Diego. They took lemons off of their tree because that's what you do there, yeah. and they zested them um, into a jar. 
with this or like the like um the peel or maybe i'm thinking of um oleos oleosic no i'm gonna find it there's like a so they zested for sure and then there was um they put in the clear alcohol and it sat for in a dark room for like 30 days or something just to get all the flavor and oils out from the lemons and then they uh, strained the zest out because you don't need the zest in there and then added simple syrup. And now it sits for another 30 days in a dark closet. Okay. And then they will have super sweet, super potent lemony alcohol. So my question originally is, is that an acceptable use of vodka for you? Um, or would you just but- do that with gin and you'd have your pine needles and... Like, but why couldn't they do it with like a really lovely gin? Um, Sipsmith makes a really delicious like citrus gin that oh, which is yeah. And so so I think- also, I'm also wondering the thing I was thinking of is oleosaccharum, which is that, but Not then familiar. you add sugar, and um, hmm. it is delicious. Except, is there alcohol in it? No, I'm reading. <laughs> rabbit hole. We've gone from tangent I to rabbit just, hole. I think this is maybe just um it's peels and sugar. So Yeah, I think there is that. And then when you put the yeah. alcohol in it, it becomes limoncello. Yeah. Um oh, and maybe you do it in that order. Maybe it's actually you do it in the sugar first and you make that thing, and then the simple syrup and the alcohol sit together. I don't remember. This would be so good though. They, this random article that I found that taught me how to pronounce oleosaccharum, uh, suggests using it as a sweetener for iced tea or an ingredient in vinaigrette, which would also be very good. So it's oh, like you really sit the in sugar and like the oil from the lemon peel leaches out into the sugar. Mm-hmm. My mouth is watering because I love lemon. So we've just discovered the beauties of champagne vinegar. Mm-hmm. which we didn't realize was a thing until we had a recipe that called for it. And we now have mm-hmm. two bottles because we do like everybody does and forget what's in your pantry. And you're like, Oh, yeah. we needed that. And you buy it. And then you're like, Oh, except we, we did that last week. Mm-hmm. But, so we did it actually just on a salad. We just poured a little bit of champagne vinegar and a little bit of balsamic vinegar on as a dressing. And that was it. It was so good. Um, we've actually never made the dish that we needed the champagne vinegar for either. <laughs> the recipe that we had that for is not anything we've cooked yet. We will. And we have it. We just, now that we have the vent, why would we? You know, we wanted it when we didn't have it. So what about, um, so gin, you can do a lot of things with gin as we've learned. You can do anything you can do with vodka. You can do better with gin. That is Caitlin's mantra. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I do recommend that everybody explore gin. So I don't like your classic, like, sucking on pine needles gin flavor. No, I just know. And I've learned that those are not great gins typically, but there's Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of other gin to be explored. Um, And what is the best way to explore a new gin, Caitlin? Well, I just prefer it with a little tonic and a spritz of lemon, lime. You could go either way. Lime, I think, is the traditional means, but... Unless you're doing a like a, an orange gin, then you would want like a, would you want a little orange wedge or something in there versus lemon Good. or lime? I feel like the citrus is a garnish and is uh, up to Any the citrus will do and participant. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, and it was interesting. I learned that the like when you squeeze the lemon or lime in the gin, the oil actually has. Mm-hmm. 
it, it does enhance the drink and participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in it. I was, my husband made a cocktail the other night that didn't call for mint, but he used it as a garnish. And, you know, he did the, like the, you know, you see a bartender, like they clap the mint to like activate it. And he's like, I tried it without the, have you not ever seen this happen before? I've never heard the term clap the mint. I don't, there's probably like some schmaltzy bartender word for it, but that's literally what they do. They like put the mint in one hand and they just like, and then it, it opens the mint up. Like interesting. I've, I mean, yeah. it's the most I see mint is in it like a mojito and then they just throw it in the bottom and they muddle it. And that's what activates it. <laughs> But I've never seen the clapping the mint. I'll have to do that now. <laughs> you got to find like I feel like we ventured down like into a territory that we're just barely like riding that PG line with, you know. What did you do last night? Oh, I clapped the mint. And it's like, excuse me? What was that? I don't know. Yeah. The moral uh, of that story is that it released something like the oils. And he did say, he said that it changed the way the drink he's like, it was a lot brighter and fresher mm-hmm. with the mint, which obviously, but it's just interesting to like follow that through and verify it with your taste buds. I don't know. Absolutely. All right. So All we'll, that to um, say, uh, have a gin and tonic and garnish it with whatever citrus you'd like and enjoy this interview with our chief operating officer, uh, Jessica. We are here with our chief operating officer, Jessica Simons, and uh, we're going to talk about some things that she loves, and I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I love the love episode. I know. It's just like warm and fuzzy, and everybody's happy. We've got a little gin cocktail. It's a good day. It's a good day. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's start with that. What do you love? Tell me about it. Ooh. Okay. So I guess first on my list is I love when companies use original photography in their things. Because mm-hmm. it feels like the company has so much more personality yeah. when you use some of your own stuff. It doesn't have to be everything, but right. you should show your people. There's a time and place. And absolutely. Yeah. I think it just personalizes the the whole feel, especially like in a website application, mm-hmm. like being able to see the people you're actually going to work with. Exactly. Is- that's really valuable to me as a consumer when I go mm-hmm. to somebody's about page and I can actually see like, yeah, if you're asking me to contact you, I want to see who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Do I people, trust you? Right. Shifty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think the people, and I think the environment too, because mm-hmm. the environment that they kind of live in or work in, I guess, but like where their function happens says a lot about who they are and mm-hmm. how they function and how they, they deal with yeah. it. Just like our houses say a lot about us. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to see where you're at. It just double if you're retail. Like, is yes. this confusing? Is this cluttered? Mm-hmm. Is this open? Like, what am I getting myself into coming in that door? Yeah. Um, I think especially in our, in our specific business too, we do a lot of like professional services work where mm-hmm. people are working directly with an advisor or an attorney or a, you know, name your, your service. Somebody that you want to be able to trust exactly. with either your money or, you know, whatever. With your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 You got to be able to make that connection. And mm-hmm. like, it is horrible uh, to see stock photography in place of people. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if it's like people stock photography on our, like our team page it's and you're sp- like, it feels spammy. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, are, are you real? Yeah. Can this I trust a Russian bot? I don't like this. Yeah, exactly. Your, yeah. 
Exactly. It's like the Twitter handle with all the numbers at the end. It's like, Mock, you're a bot. You're a bot or you're a dude. You don't know anything. So. Yeah. Uh, what else? I think. So just like things I love in marketing in general and kind of working in the industry for so many years now is the variety of people that work in marketing, whether it's at agencies I've been with or like the clients that I've worked with, you get a lot of different perspectives, you get a lot of different ideas. So it's, it's never stale. It's always fresh and new. And even if you're doing the same thing kind of over and over again for a client, the people make the difference. Yeah. It's interesting. I think what's been fulfilling for me is like getting to learn about so many different industries and businesses mm-hmm. as the like on the account side I wear a lot of hats at the agency but then also in my life and just being able to like know a little bit about a lot of things but also there's something really rewarding in getting to watch people do the thing that they're best at so like mm-hmm. it, it's like I don't know. I nerd out about that. Yeah. And looking at somebody and going, God, I could never do that. Yeah. But I am so impressed that you're doing Well, that. and I'm mm-hmm. so thankful that you're doing Like right? that's yeah. a, a service or a, a niche that needs to be filled. And I'm really thankful that there are people that are passionate about insurance or, uh, you know, construction and building codes and like all, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have the heart for that. Yeah. We get to see people geek out on some of the weirdest stuff right. you're like, okay, you do you. That's right. awesome. Yeah. But it's really like a celebration of how it all comes together. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that kind of leads into one of the other things that I had on my list, which is the relationships. Like mm-hmm. my role at the agencies I work for, and especially now, all revolves around relationships with people, whether it's building a relationship with my client or helping them build a relationship with their customers or our vendors and kind of being able to grow those bonds. Like if I can go into a meeting and talk to my client about their kid's baseball tournament or where they went to eat with their husband that last weekend, like that makes me feel like I'm doing my job right. Yeah. That small talk really builds relationships too. Like there's a moment where you think, God, am I just wasting their time on this conference call? But if they're truly engaged in it, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's really good. And we tend to not spend more than a few minutes on that no. stuff. But it's especially if like you're waiting for people to dial in or mm-hmm. you know, join yeah. the Zoom. You know, having those conversations can be um, it can be really fun, and it just gives us that human side of the business mm-hmm. that we really, really need. Well, it builds that trust with us and our team too, which I right. think is a huge deal in our business. I mean, you're paying for our ideas, you're paying for time. So having that trust with people is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like a good trust fall or maybe a good icebreaker or am I getting ahead? That's another episode, right? Icebreakers, icebreakers are not are jam. <laughs> I would self-identify as an extroverted introvert. And because of that, icebreakers are one of my least favorite things. I think. Okay. I think we'll get to that in another episode because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure things Jessica hates is coming up. At I'm gonna have to time. add that to my list. <laughs> Note to self. So I like shouldn't ask you about your like top five dinner party guests. I mean, probably not if you want me to answer. <laughs> if you told me to turn tail and run, that's great. I'm gonna question. need. I guess I think I have a. I have, I have a call. I have to go. Yeah, the dinner party guess I know is a Caitlin question because and she her problem oh. is she's like, Well, on Tuesday these are my five. But on Wednesday <laughs> these are my five. Yeah. And then by Saturday I need these but only for cocktails. And then I want these to come at dinner, but the cocktail people have to go. Like yeah. Caitlin loves people and mm-hmm. loves doing things with like 
those kind of icebreakers are right up your alley. Yeah, yeah, I think it gets to the heart of people, which is maybe. But maybe that's we need to reframe an icebreaker. See, I think I like it without the pressure if you don't of it being answer. forced. Like when it's natural, yeah, it's so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. All right, we've got time for maybe two two more loves. Okay, we can make it quick. Uh, something else I love about marketing is when content makes people feel something. Do, do commercials regularly make me cry? Yes, oh, they yeah. absolutely do. Yeah. Um, I think it like ties in with, I'm just like overly sensitive about things like that. And also one of the reasons I got into this business is because I really enjoy figuring out what makes people tick. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I have my psychology degree and all and that I'm stuff. You'd knew that. It's been a while since I looked at your resume. Yeah. <laughs> so like making people feel something or act on something and realizing why is so fun. Yeah. So like the chime commercial, are you familiar with that one where they go through the whole like people meeting and like all that stuff and like they have a baby and then they've got the fake pampers mm-hmm. and stuff. Little tear on that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Google commercials. The Google, co- Google, I hate you. That one you get me right now. Oh, yeah. My most recent favorite was the, uh, I think it was a Super Bowl commercial from Apple, the iPhone, like toddler proof iPhone. It's where real. The kid is like running around and like, <laughs> like dragging the phone through the banister on the stairs and like running away, screaming gleefully. I'm, I'm pretty like, sure we both have that, that exact great. video yeah. on our phones right now. <laughs> right now. Ah, chaos, but also it's pretty adorable and hilarious mm-hmm. and full of joy. <laughs> And that's why you get Apple Care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not cell. sponsored. It's a secondary yeah, but we, we cell. Sponsored. <laughs> it's, it's not, not an endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. Apple has a lot of money. Yeah, that's a good one. Enough. I think sometimes content can seem so dry. I mean, in commercials, mm-hmm. or like TV commercials is what we always think of. Yeah, I mean, that's an easy But thing. even when you get to like websites, websites mm-hmm. can evoke emotion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. for you, especially... Bridging that gap between the client and the customer need, and then the creative team mm-hmm. getting all that put together, mm-hmm. um, I can see that like, that's a huge like pride moment. But it's also a very big mm-hmm. like well, I love what I do when I see it all come together in this positive emotion. Well, it's like, like to be super cheesy, but I mean yeah. it does happen. It's like the to the go back to the relationship with the relationship with your clients helps to cut through that noise because Mm -hmm. it is like Mm -hmm. everything is content now. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just gets so, it's so much harder to like get to the derivative point, you know, or, or not be derivative, you know, like cut to the heart. Yep. Everybody's a creator and like, but some are creating absolute crap that like doesn't do anything for anybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that those moments that give you that emotion or give you that feel or take you to another place. I like stuff that makes me escape. Like mm-hmm. I'm a big, like get lost in a book, get lost reading kind of person. Yep. Uh, the choose your own adventure books as a kid. Like That's I too much pressure. No, because you choose. <laughs> what if you pick wrong and everybody dies at the end? I played too much. You did right? have some of those. That was the yeah, Oregon Trail, definitely. But no, but like. The nice thing about it, and what I always did, is I would pick a path, but I would I was, I was nerdy about it. I'd write down what path I took, and then I'd go back to the book, and I'd and take like a different un- path. Undo your choices. And then you've got to, like, cross the paths. You is know, this why you like watching time travel shows so much? I mean, it might be. <laughs> also, like, time travel is just, like, there's so many problems. Yeah, yeah. Like, so many problems. Yeah. 
So, but I digress. A little tangent there, apparently. <laughs> no, but it ties into my last one, which is like solving problems for clients. And I'm not the person that's usually creating those pieces to help solve the problems. But doing the strategy and thinking about it and seeing it all come together gives me a lot of pride in like our team and the work that I yeah. do. So being able to kind of see it all actually happen and work for clients is something that I just love. Yeah. And I like being able to come to you and being like, Hey, I've been thinking through this workflow and I think I've got it, but I kind of need some other eyes. And then you've done more of them than I have. And you're like, Oh, like this is redundant. You can just drag from over here and put them down this path. Mm -hmm. And here's where this comes together. And Oh, this shouldn't be in this workflow. You should actually push them into a second workflow because then you can opt into both. And I'm like, Holy shit, like this is amazing. Yeah. And it's like that your enthusiasm like makes me enthusiastic about mm -hmm. it. And it's weird to be like, we've created this like Rube Goldberg machine <laughs> of workflows <laughs> that when you test it and run stuff through it, it works. Yeah. It's the same as like if the marble starts in the attic and finishes in the backyard. Oh, yeah. You're like, yes. I was doing one actually this morning and I like leaned over and I was like, Jesse, look at this workflow. And he was like, that makes me want to die. And I was like, isn't it beautiful? It's great. Such a geek. <laughs> I do not have that like 30,000 foot view capability. Like I just, I can never pull back. So that like big picture view is so valuable when you're talking about long-term project planning or, you know, campaign planning, like that pullback is so necessary for those long-term goals for clients. Yeah, and I think it's like if you're in the weeds of something like a workflow, it can you can get caught on where you're at. But if you can mm -hmm. step back and really think through the problem differently, mm -hmm. that's a lot of why clients have us. We're different brains in the room. Yeah. We think about mm -hmm. stuff differently. That's why it's not just me like running a solo thing because I know I need other people who think about stuff differently than I do. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get those wins and those wins that we try to celebrate those because they're really fun. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And just we just kind of geek out on stupid stuff, but I'm here for it. Right? This is great. Thank you for sharing with us what you love. Thank you. That's it for another episode of Cocktails, Tangents, and Answers. We hope you enjoyed listening. We enjoyed recording and this week's cocktail. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Rich Mackey. I try not to make it too difficult. It's just my name. And you can find our agency at Antidote underscore 71. That's A-N-T-I-D-O-T-E underscore 71 on Twitter and Instagram as well. And you can find me at home sipping a craft cocktail prepared by my in-home bartender. Is my husband. We'll be back next week with another episode and a whole new cocktail recipe, plenty more tangents, and of course, answers to those pressing marketing questions. And if you'd like to send us a question, you can go to ctapodcast.live to get in touch. Or you can call our hotline at 402-718-9971 and leave us a voicemail. Your questions might be used for future episodes of the podcast. For now, like and subscribe, and we'll see you next week. 